Today, we come back to some fundamentals because every now and then in a year, we have to go back to the basics. The basics is quite important. A friend of mine in high school just sent me a message. He is an avid fan of martial arts, and even until now, in his middle-aged years, take note, my classmate in high school, so he can't be far from me, right? And you know, people my age cannot compete anymore, correct? We are much slower and less stronger. But however, he kept at it. And I would see his post doing 12 rounds of boxing and still into uh, the, the ancient art of Kali and knife fighting. And then recently, a few years ago, some UFC fighters visited him and his group to learn that art. And recently, a fighter named Cowboy uh, uh, was here in the Philippines and he was there training them. And I said, dude, that's awesome. He sent me a message. He started with sensei. He called me sensei. I don't know why. Uh, I, and he said, the many things you have taught me in the past still remained with me. So I felt like, you know, uh, uh, one of the masters in Kung Fu Panda when he said that. <laughs> and I said, okay, this guy's making fun of me. Uh, but not really, because well, when we were younger, I was the better fighter then. Then he gave me an encouragement, Sensei, everything we've learned. It boils down after I have interviewed many fighters, and I went back to the art myself, that it is about the fundamentals. It is still back to the basic punch, the basic kick, the basic things you do that you can do on the streets. And when I heard that, that spoke to me a lot when it comes to Christian life. It's really about mastering the basics because once we have mastered the basics, God can use us in so many ways. And we may overcome the trials of this life and be a blessing to many others. So today I bring you back to the basics, to the chapter of Psalm 119. Psalm 119. This is the longest chapter in the book of Psalms and the longest chapter in the Bible. The longest, by the way. Uh, if you are there, you can look at the end. It has 176 verses. So if you want to uh, 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 do a challenge with somebody, you just tell them, okay, let's, let's memorize chapters. I'll memorize chapter one of John. You memorize Psalm 119, okay? Uh, but take note, this Psalm is quite long. A psalm is a song, okay? It's a song. It's a poetic song. And this was written in beautiful poetry. It's like the A to Z of the Word of God. In Hebrew, it, the, with a Hebrew alphabet, it starts with, with a Hebrew alphabet. With, uh, in, in, in our alphabet, the English alphabet, it's A. A, and he started with A in the first in the first stanza and started with B in the next stanza. So I'm just making a parallel. If it were the English alphabet, but it was a Hebrew alphabet using the first letters consecutively. And so this is actually a work of art. Um, the Bible is a central theme. The Word of God is the central theme of Christianity. And the central theme of Psalm 119 is the Word of God. And it did say in, Psalm, in verse 89, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven, meaning the word of God is eternal. It's been there forever. 
maybe not necessarily the words we know in English, but the word, the principles, the laws of God, the divine law of God has been set before the foundation of the world. Before the world was created, the laws of God has been established. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. And blessed are those who have the word in their hearts. The title of this sermon is Blessing of the Word of God or Blessings of the Word of God. And we are privileged. And I'd like to say we are blessed when we can listen to the Word of God. We can read the Word of God, meditate the Word of God, because the Word of God has so many effects in our lives. It affects us. It affects us, mind, soul, emotion, even physical body. In every area, it affects us. Even our social life can be affected in every area of life. And of course, we know that the Word of God is the Word of God. The Word of God, you cannot separate God's Word from God Himself. You cannot separate a man from his words. You cannot say to a man, I trust you, but I don't trust your words. That does not make sense. If you trust God, you trust his word more than man. If you trust God, you trust what's written here more than anybody else, including your closest friends, including uh, your family. Oh, including your pastor, by the way. If I say anything contrary to the word of God, please do not believe me. But if you see what's in the Word of God, then we can say we trust God if we trust in the Word of God. So let me just outline for us the blessing of the Word of God or the blessings of the Word of God. In verse 11, it says there, Your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. Thy word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. When the Word of God fills our hearts, it gives us power to say no to sin. That is the antidote to our human imperfection. Of course, because of our imperfection, every now and then we make mistakes and we sin unintentionally. I was asked, what's the difference between, uh, between um, a real Christian and a fake Christian? I said, the real Christian, well, is saved by the grace of God. He believes that. It's not by works, but he doesn't chase after sin. It's now sin that chases after him. He does not want to do sin intentionally. The fake Christian is, he claims to have mentioned the Lord, that Jesus is his Lord, but still chases after sin intentionally. There's a big difference. So uh, it prevents us from sinning. The Word of God in our hearts prevents us. It's, it, it touches our conscience, but not only our conscience. If we are filled with the Word of God, somehow the Word of God uh, gives us that, that extra energy to say no. I was listening to uh, a respected leader in Christianity, uh, Charles Swindle. He is the president of Dallas Theological Seminary and has been on radio since I was a kid. Uh, and his messages, I still remember his messages, uh, amazing messages. And he was addressing the future pastors, those who were studying in Dallas Theological Seminary. And he said, I'd like to say this to you, that it's very important that we maintain our integrity. And he said, for several times, he almost, almost, he was tempted several times to cross the line. 
But thank God for the word of God in his heart, he was able to say no. And as I was listening to that, I say, me too, Lord. There were times it was almost, but because of the word of God in our hearts, we were able to say no. So it prevents us from sinning. If you say, how do I overcome my sin? Start meditating on the word of God and steadily you will gain the strength. How can I forgive others when I'm full of unforgiveness and bitterness? Start with the Word of God. And the more you are soaked in the Word of God, the more you are swimming in the Word of God, the more you're filled with the Word of God, the more strength you have to say no if you have to say no and say yes when you have to say yes. It does give us supernatural strength. It does. It does. It reveals amazing truths in verse 18. Uh, Open my eyes that I may beheld wonderful things from your law. The word of God reveals amazing truths. And only those who have given their hearts to study diligently, to read context and study on your own, which, who appreciates the beauty of the truth. Some of us, after we've learned the basic doctrines we sort of feel we're okay. I know that. I know grace. I know I have to pray. I, I know I have to worship. Uh, I, I know that there's a second coming. I know there's a heaven and hell. After some of us, after we know the basic doctrines, we feel like we know everything. And that's the point. You don't see the beauty of the word then because you're living in shallow waters. Uh, a pastor, a friend of mine, gave this illustration, in shallow waters, you only catch small fishes. It is in the deep waters where you will be able to catch the big fish. And fishing is more enjoyable in deep waters. I think that's not so enjoyable because what if the fish is stronger than you, right? So he pulls you overboard or drags your, your boat. But anyway, that was just uh, light talk between us. So it reveals amazing truths. And, and when Christians come together and say, hey, hey, I just realized something. When I was studying this, I never saw this before. And then they're exchanging amazing truths. And uh, that's why we invite you to study with us. With us. I, was, I'm see, I was seated beside my wife. They have this as, announcement of wit, women in touch. They keep saying every week, uh, join us every first and third and coming soon on June. I said, that takes June, and you keep announcing it. And said, oh, it's better that way. So I'd like to make my announcement to, for the gentlemen, by June, Doc, Steve, and I talked that we are opening Monday night here to study more the Word of God and get to know one another in a bigger context. Thank you, sisters, for paving the way for us. We learned something from you, and we are humble enough to admit that your way is much better than ours this time. Uh, verse 25, it says, the word of God, uh, let, let's read that, revives the soul. My soul cleaves to the dust. Revive me according to your word. How many times have you felt that way? That your soul is, is cleaving to the dust as if you're down. A moment when you are so down, you are so depressed. There comes time, there come times when we are depressed in every area, like uh, you're depressed emotionally, you're depressed mentally, you're depressed physically, you're extra tired physically, exhausted, and you're also depressed financially. You've got no more money. Ever felt that way? 
Well, that's not the hardest part of life. You know, some people are dying for Christ in other parts of the world. So whatever suffering you're going through, that's not even close. So thank God that even though uh, your soul clings to the dust, the word of God, what revives, it can revive. So I tell you right now, if it sounds oversimplification, right? If you're depressed, find comfort in the word of God. It sounds oversimplified, but actually that is true. That is true. Why? Because we have to come to the acceptance that we can change everything in our circumstance. Uh, I cannot change everything that's happening around me. I can change some things about it, but I cannot change everything. I cannot change you. Only God can change you. I can inspire you. You can inspire me uh, to change. Sure. But, but transformation that just doesn't happen immediately. Circumstance just doesn't change immediately, especially if it's caused from the outside. But the Word of God can revive our soul. You know what the soul is? Many theologians say the soul is a, a combination of your mind, your emotion, and your will. Mind, emotion, will. That's a nice explanation. Of course, I've been looking around for the proof. Not enough proof about it, but I can accept it because there's no other, any better explanation. Uh, because, you know, science have discovered the brain. They can study the brain, but not the mind. Right? It's hard to study the mind. In fact, why? Because every mind is different. Unlike scientific process where, I'm not saying psychology is not a science. All I'm saying is, in the other sciences, uh, when you experiment, if you do this, this is the result. It's consistent. If you do this, this is the result. Consistent, always. Uh, if, you, if you light a match, well, if the shillane is on fire, it will explode, right? It's consistent, except for easy gas. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I, 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 <laughs> I was invited yesterday. A brother of ours who attends the Vesper just launched this wonderful product. Oh, please, don't. I'm not promoting. I'm not earning from it, okay? But he's got this, this uh, new technology, well, new for us, but not necessarily new worldwide, where even if it is on fire and it's been tested, and I said, uh, you want to test it live, you know? Let's get a flamethrower. So I was just kidding, but it, it doesn't explode. I said, amazing. And, and that's amazing. But it's consistent. But mind isn't always consistent, right? Can you imagine? Just yourself. Your mind isn't always consistent, right? Hoy, magtipid kayo sa bahay. Then ikaw mismo may nakita ka sa department. So, oh, ang ganda. <laughs> Pinagtipid mo lahat, ikaw hindi ka nagtipid. Ano? Your mind is not always consistent. <laughs> That's why we have to accept the imperfection of humanity. Nobody, no matter how disciplined that person is, is perfect. Because we are inconsistent. And... <laughs> Because of these inconsistencies in the mind, sometimes it drives us crazy. And I'm not kidding you. Mental health is an important thing. If you feel stressed in your mind, find a way to de-stress the mind. Allow good information to come in. Don't always solve the toughest problems in the world. Also solve a, a, a simple jigsaw puzzle. Uh, ease the mind. Take note that mental health is as important as physical health. You might be strong physically, but if your mind is cuckoo already, uh, that's difficult. Now, uh, but 
the word of God revives the soul, the mind, the emotions, and the will. The emotions. We can be so stressed emotionally. And sometimes we just have to tell ourselves, don't worry about everything. Relax. Just begin to thank God. Lord, I'll stop worrying now. Thank you for the solution. Then you see a family member and you lose it again, right? So, <laughs> uh, I told you never to bring in your shoes when it's so dirty. Uh, sometimes you just have to let go and say, every time you bring in dirty shoes, I'll charge you 10 pesos, okay? So that's much better, right? So you're happy when you're earning money. You just deduct from their allowance and you get, you know, uh, you save some money. And they have to force themselves to live up with a smaller money. But the Word of God, you may have solutions for your emotions, but the best is meditating on God's Word, especially the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms somehow uplift us. Song. These are songs. That's why it's good to know songs, Christian songs, worship songs, because it uplifts the soul. There's so many songs, you know. Uh, uh, there's so many online, the latest Christian songs, traditional Christian songs, but know some really good songs to uplift the soul because songs founded in the Word of God uplift you. Produces reverence, verse 38 uh, establish your word to your servant as that which produces reverence for you. The, studying the word of God produces the fear of God in us, reverence, which is also the same as worship. Uh, worship is an act of reverence, an ask, act of respect, an, ask of the, an act of the fear of the Lord. So it is about fearing God, having reverence. So uh, by studying the word of God, by learning the word of God, it produces in us that sense of awe and reverence, that you respect God, we respect God. We don't mess around with the Word of God because we know we trust Him. He is true. He is real. As the same way you respect your father or should respect your father, should respect a, 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 well, an, a, a noble man, an honest man on earth, the respect for God must be much, much higher. Respect God and His Word. And I, I tell you, once you have that reverence, that fear of God, if you look in the book of Proverbs, the fear of God is one that has the most promises, the most promises. I love one particular verse that says, when God blesses us, he adds no sorrow to it. Wow. You know why? Because there are many earthly, earthly material things that we can gain, but attached with it are, is what? Sorrow. There are those who have gained uh, things illegally, or you may think you have been blessed, but it has become a curse sometimes. There are some people who say that, uh, well, I hope God, I, I was just blessed with just enough, because somehow this, this wealth has made me more depressed than ever. I don't know who my real friends are or what. But you know what? The Word of God, when it produces in us reverence, no matter if you're blessed or not blessed, you learn to respect God. Amen? You don't curse God because you lacked something. And you don't forget God when you have much. Because the study of the Word of God produces that fear of God. And the fear of God has so much blessings. And I would like the blessing with no sorrow attached to it. Isn't that great? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
with no sorrow attached to it. That's why I warn young people, do not rush in relationships. Do not rush into intimate relationships. Rush into the Word of God. Why? There's so many who have rushed and they thought they gained something and became a curse later on. The divorce rate in the U.S., because there's divorce, is, divorce is very high, around half. I don't know if, if divorce is legislated in the Philippines and how many would remain. Verse 92 says, uh, it eases suffering. If your law had not been my delight, then I would have perished in my affliction. It is true when they say it's a cruel world. It is. Because our emotions are brittle. And yet, not everybody thinks of others. Most people think of themselves. And in doing so, we begin to harm one another and hurt one another, intentionally or unintentionally. It brings suffering. But I'd like to say that the Word of God can comfort our suffering. And the key word here is delight. If I had not delighted, if, I had, if your law had not been my delight, then I would have perished in my affliction. If we delight ourselves in the law of the Lord, in the word of God, then what? Even if we suffer, even if we are afflicted, we will not perish. I, I like the next one. It makes us wiser. Uh, let's go to verse 98. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Do you have enemies? Okay, nobody bit. Okay. <laughs> Forgive them if you have. Okay. Uh, your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever mine. What? The commandments. I have more insight than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. You want to know more than your teachers? This is the way. The scriptures, the holy scriptures. I understand more than the aged. Mm. This is rare when, when a young person may be wiser than an aged man. But there is a way. What's the way? Because I have observed your precepts. Precepts are commands. And yes, so young men, to be useful in this world and to advance your usefulness for God, your family, and our society, even our church, study the word of God that you may be wiser than your enemies, wiser than your teachers, and wiser than the aged. There is a way. Some think the way to be wiser than my, my elders is through Mr. Google, right? I'll just Google it. Because they don't know how to Google, I can Google. No, no, no. Knowledge is not wisdom. Take note, Google might give you more knowledge, but wisdom is different. Wisdom is what? It's applying the knowledge properly. You may know a lot, but if you don't apply a lot, you don't know how it works. It's just like you, you, you know how to, you know in your mind how an, an engine works, but you never created your own engine. Then because you haven't created your own engine, then what? Then you don't have wisdom. Uh, it's like me before when I was so fat, I knew everything on how to get thin. I was 250 pounds. I read everything on how to get thin, and I was an expert. If you hear me, as if I knew everything. But because my size didn't show it, uh, nobody believed me, right? <laughs> 
they will just politely say, mm-hmm, okay, mm, I see. Okay, thank you very much. That was just knowledge, not wisdom. But from 250 pounds down today, perhaps I got a little wiser, correct? That's why people began coming to me, what's your secret? <laughs> said, no rice. <laughs> no, that's just one. Uh, but I always say, everybody's different. Consult your doctor and, uh, and consult with them because what works for me may not work for you. Uh, each body is different. I know some people who eat a lot of rice, like three to four cups, and they never go fat. It's just so unfair, right? <laughs> and you know, and, and that's the world. The world is truly unfair. And you know, you don't have to uh, fight for fairness. God, I demand fairness. No, don't do that. Uh, because we're all made differently and somehow we are blessed in other ways. Amen? Some people may be slim, super thin. When there's a famine, they're the first to die. <laughs> and we will live longer, right? <laughs> Who are a little bit overweight. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, it makes us wiser, okay? Uh, Psalm 105. 119 verse 105, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It is a lamp. It gives guidance. The word of God gives guidance. It gives guidance. You need guidance? First, go to the word. Sure, you may talk to me. I'm a pastor. God, my fear of God tells me I should speak the word to everyone who asks of me. But I do hope you also dig into the Word of God, huh? Because the Word is a lamp to my feet. A lamp. You know a lamp at night? A lamp, uh, it gives you light to see your next few steps. You may not see very far. You may not see very far, but the lamp gives you the next few steps. And if you need guidance from God, at least, if you go to the Word of God, you will see the next few steps. You're praying, Lord, I need something to change right away. Give me guidance. And go back to the scriptures. Read again and again. And somehow, somewhere, somewhere there, it will come out. The Spirit quickening the Word of God. And it shows you just the next few steps. And you take the next few steps. And that's the thing about the lamp. You take the next few steps. After the next few steps, you see the next few steps, right? And then the next few steps. And the next few steps. You may not see everything that's going to happen in your life. You may not see if your plan will work out, your plan of career or business will work out, or ministry, but at least the next few steps, God will show you. And that's the beauty of the Word of God. The modern Bible, one of the modern translations, uh, translated into more understandable meaning. It says, your word is like a flashlight to my feet. I said, that doesn't work for me. I like the lamp better, you know? <laughs> Because, uh, you know, there are powerful flashlights right now. You, you can see really far. <laughs> uh, but at least uh, the lamp works for me. It's, it, the lamp, the Word of God gives us guidance. It guides us. Oh, oh. You're 30 plus, And you know it's time to get married. And everybody's pressuring you. Shana, shana. You're so tense. Then, then you go to the Word of God. 
then, then you read the word of God, you go to Ephesians 5. Oh, oh God's design uh, uh, that a man must love the woman as Christ loves the church and sacrifice himself for her. Then you pray, does he really sacrifice for me? Oh, no. He always wants me to sacrifice for him. Ha, bad sign. Wives, wives should respect and submit to their husbands. Does she respect me? No. She always makes fun of me every day. Bad sign. The word is a lamp to your feet, right? By studying the word of God, you realize these things. <laughs> Gives guidance. Next, it enlightens our mind. I love this. Uh, the unfolding, uh-huh, uh, the unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. What's a simple? The naive. If you think you're not so bright, don't worry, you're not alone. <laughs> if you think you're not as bright as everybody else, you know, the Word of God enlightens your mind. And when it enlightens your mind, even though the word here is simple, it's not the simplicity that we know. It means the naive. The naive. You know what's the naive? There's a lion in front of the naive, and he thinks he's a pet. That's the naive, all right? Oh, wonderful, a big cat. That's the naive, okay? So uh, it gives, it enlightens the mind. So, gentlemen, if your wife thinks you're not too smart, go to the Word of God. Amen? You'll be smarter by God's grace. Yes, it enlightens us. It makes us understand about life. Because the Word of God is also a guide to life, a guide to understanding even people, under even understanding God, understanding society even. The Word of God enlightens the mind. Verse 165 of 119 says, It grants us great peace. Those who love your law have great peace. And nothing causes them to stumble. Nothing affects them. You know, sometimes some of us are so affected by what happens outside, so affected by what somebody said, so affected by so many things. But the Word of God grants us great peace. Can you say great peace? Uh, say it like it's great. Great peace. great peace. Yeah, that's the way to say it. Say it again. Like it's really great. Great peace. Great peace. Great peace. And I want that. I want that in my life. Great peace. <laughs> great peace. Everything we need is in the Word of God. We are blessed. Hey, if you don't have a Bible... Buy a good one. Okay, you see, I like my Bible. You like my Bible? Oh, it has a soft leather touch. Yeah? And when I close it, it has a zipper. It protects it, you know? Because I had Bibles before. I, I colored it, wrote notes around it. Then it rained. Then it fell. It got wet. <laughs> my Bible. Then somebody borrowed it and never returned it. It's gone forever. <laughs> All those hours of, you know, if I need to look for something, it's so easy to turn because I had all my marks. It's gone. I said, right now, right now, this Bible, mine. <laughs> Nobody takes it. 
I gave my kids each one a nice Bible. I said, that's your Bible and that's your Bible. That Have a Bible. Don't rely on, on, on the digital Bible. You know why? It's not easy to flip a digital Bible, right? But here, it's nice. Invest in a good Bible. A New King James Version or a New American Standard Bible is, is recommended. If you want something uh, that's, that's simpler in translation, the New Living Translation, I advise that. But don't play scholarly expert with that. It's just more for meditation. So uh, have your own Bible. It will give you great peace. Don't miss the point of Christianity. Some people think Christianity is just going to church and attending Sunday service and just be with other Christians. And that's Christianity. Listening, listening to a preacher every week, but not really digging into Scripture. That's missing the point. You see, a friend of mine once shared me a funny story about missing the point. Now, I have to change some names because maybe some names you know. So allow me to change his story a little bit. So here goes the story about missing the point. So there's this guy from Norfolk, England. His name is... B-U-R-I-T. So, in, in, I don't know how it's pronounced in its accent. Uh, Burrit. Burrit. Okay. So, he moved to Southeast Asia, and that name didn't sound very well, because here it's Burrit. Okay. It sounds funny. If you go to the Visayas, it says it's a braggart, somebody who's bragging all the time. When you go to Malaysia, it's similar to the Bikol word without the T. Okay, <laughs> okay, you got it. Uh, in Malaysia, the meaning of exactly the same spelling, B-U-R-I-T, it's like the Bikul word for without the T, okay? Uh, so it, it doesn't sound so nice. In Malaysia, it's the private part, okay? Uh, takes so long to get it. <laughs> God. <laughs> okay, before I lose it, let's come back. <laughs> so... Uh, so he moved into Southeast Asia, and some friends were telling him, local friends, maybe you should change your name, have a pen name or something. And, and he, you know, this, this, he's a young guy, so he even joined one of the universities, and he, he became one of the players, basketball players. And every time he hits a three points, then the, the announcer would announce, Burit, three points! And everybody would be laughing, you know? And, so, and everybody would just laugh and laugh and laugh. And they don't understand. He said, and somebody said, it's your name, dude. You know, you can change your name legally here if you become a citizen or just tell them that you have another alias. There's some legal work for that. I don't know what, but you can do something. And he went through the process and he went back to his friends. I've got my new name. Okay? So John Burritt is now James Burritt. <laughs> Uh, don't miss the point. Don't miss the point. It's about the Word of God. Amen? It's not just belonging to a community. That's part of it, but the centrality of God's Word. Look at the back of your bulletin. The core values of GCF, the number one there is the centrality of God's Word. Not the centrality of man. Oh, I, we have a very charismatic pastor. 
We also have another pastor who can operate in you, you know? Uh, it's not about personalities. It's not about stars. We don't, we don't like that brand of Christianity. We want the Christianity that has the centrality of God's word. Amen? Amen. Don't miss the point. Every time you're missing the point, remember the Burrit story. Application. Let's go to Psalm verse 172. Psalm 119 verse 172. Uh, sing the word. <laughs> Let my tongue sing of your word for all your commandments are righteousness. Not now, 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 now. Not all Christian songs are biblical. <laughs> because not everybody who writes songs read the Bible, right? But there are a lot that's good and biblical. There's a lot that's good and biblical. We sing those songs. One thing to do with the word is to sing the word. You can even compose your own melody if you like making melodies. Compose your own songs in your own translation. Sing the word. That's why, friends, try not to be late on Sunday service, Sunday morning. Try to wake up a little earlier, which means you sleep a little earlier. You prepare for breakfast the night before. Just heat it in the morning. Amen? Uh, <laughs> And, and for your young kids who are just so hard to wake up and they always make you late, tell them to dress up at night and sleep. Uh, <laughs> take a bath, dress up at night, and then when you wake up, let's just go to church, all right? So <laughs> there are different ways to strategize of not being late, but do not miss the point when we start singing because the songs uplift your soul and not only uplift your soul, when you sing the word of God, God wants you to do that. Sing the word of God. Verse 142. I'm sorry. It should be 148. Let me read 148. My eyes anticipate the night watches that I may meditate on your word. The psalmist is saying, I anticipate because there were night watches. What were the night watches? They watch if their enemies coming. And you know, guards have sometimes nothing to do, right? Except watch. So instead of doing nothing, he said, I want to meditate on your word. Friends, some of you, I look at you sometimes, you're not doing anything. You're staring at the sky and thinking of nothing. How are you, bro? Okay. What do you think about? Nothing. <laughs> uh, all right. So, wow, what a productive way to do your, your day, huh? Thinking of nothing. Don't think of nothing. You know, when I was younger, I have this little Gideon Bible. Oh, do we have Gideon members here? Raise your hand. Oh, we have Gideon. We have some Gideons here and there. You know, Gideons, they do a wonderful work by distributing Bibles, especially those small Bibles in far-flung places. Why? Now they have access to the Word of God. Because there's no Christian bookstore in some places. But when I was a kid, I got one of those Gideon Bibles, and I put it always in my back pocket. And every time I wait... I put it out, I read, and I line it up. I have a red pen sometimes, and I just line up, circle the verses, check, and then go again. Then wherever it's possible, riding the bus, I open it, waiting, waiting for my dentist. Oh, wow. Not waiting in line and waiting for him to come. He's such a late guy. So by waiting, I read, and waiting on the doctor's office. My God. We have doctors here, right? 
We have a few doctors here. You know, doctors, my friendly advice, please change your magazines every now and then. Some of them are three years old. <laughs> three years old. And every time I go there, I'm still reading the same thing. <laughs> so because of these old magazines, at least I have my Gideon Bible. I open it up. Ah, ah, goodbye magazine. I've got my Bible. Okay, so you read, you meditate the Bible. Meditate. What is meditation? Think on it. Reflect on it. Uh, 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 absorb it. Next is to keep the word of God. I hastened. I did not delay to keep your words in verse 60. I hastened. I hastened. I did not delay. Oh, did the Bible say that? Next year, Lord, I'll change. Promise next year. <laughs> I hastened. I hastened. I was in a hurry. Please be in a hurry to follow God's word. Like you're in a hurry to miss the bus. You don't want to miss the bus because, because uh, uh, you're going to Tagaytay from Naga. You can't miss the bus. It's going to leave at 5 a.m. You're already awake 3 a.m., right? Because you don't want to miss. Oh, it's prayer meeting. Oh. It's 5.30. Oh, there's still 30 minutes. It's 6 o'clock. Sneaking in here late while it's dark. I say, Pastor Ed, hi, I'm here. <laughs> I just didn't say, I saw you sneak in. You're late again. <laughs> just kidding, brothers. Keep the word. Hasten to keep the word. Next is remember the word. I have remembered your ordinances from of old, O Lord, and comfort myself. Though it's good to memorize the word of God, right? Please memorize the Word of God. You know, if you've memorized the Word of God, you, you look smarter, huh? You know, in class, they talk about how does a person go to heaven? Then you say, hmm, John 3.16 says, you're so proud that you've memorized it. And you look so smart. For God so loved the world. And, but that's all you know, you know? That's only the only verse you know. Uh, <laughs> John 3.16, since the time you got saved until today. Uh, but, you know, the <laughs> you remember the word. And then you delight in the word. Uh, next. Uh, delight in the word. I shall delight in your commandments, which I love. I love. Lord, I love you. I love your commandments. A, a good brother asked me for advice, and uh, he's thinking of get, getting married. Uh, and I said, does she love God more than she loves you? Okay, you want to prove that? Ask how much time she invests in the Word of God. Has she finished the Bible? How long has she been a Christian? Because if, if she puts the Word of God more than you, that's safer. Huh? Oh, oh, you'd rather be with a spouse who fears God, right? Right? Amen? Right, darling? Because my wife would just say to me, she won't, you know, she's a very nice lady and she's very submissive and respectful. All she just says to scare me is, okay, if you're wrong, God will punch you. <clears throat> and that scares me. All the hell in me was get scared, you know. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, God. And she just says, bye, darling. God is watching you. <laughs> so she's, she has those punchlines that make you remember, you know, that, that, that you know, uh, in the same way, I don't have to worry because 
God speaks to her that she should honor her husband whether I'm there or absent. And she should not speak ill of me. And if she does, because she fears God, I believe the Holy Spirit can deal with her and change her. Amen? Oh, men, haven't we learned? Haven't you learned? You can never change your wife. Only God can. Amen? So the greatest thing that can happen is she loves the Lord more than you. Because if she loves the Lord more than you, the Bible said that the woman should love what? Should love the husband as to Christ. As to Christ. Yes, husband. We are nowhere near Christ. We are so far from it. Sometimes she even thinks you're the devil, right? <laughs> we are far from it, but because the Bible said, as to Christ. And then you, husband, you're reminded you're so busy with so many things and then you neglect time with your wife and you're reminded by Scripture because you delight in Scripture, you're reminded that the Bible says, love your wife the same way, the same way as Christ loved the church. Very high standard. Then you say, Lord, teach me how. Then you learn to love her more. Then she learns to respect you more. <laughs> and the relationship gets, becomes more beautiful as time goes on. The same way with our calling in our career. We have to delight in the Word and love the Word. Please, do not be so anxious about your career or business. Be diligent. Study. Good. But be more focused on what? Loving the Word of God. Delighting the Word of God. There's so much blessing. That's why I say to you, this is a treasure chest. There's treasure in this. And most of all, you become closer and closer to God. Let us all rise and let us pray. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word this morning. Teach us to live like it's really true that the word of God is center in our lives more than anything, more than anyone. We long for your word. We want to delight. We want to learn to delight. We want to be anchored, not on what other people say, but what on the word of God says. You can change us. You can change our surroundings. But thank you for reminding us that it is about the word of God. Your word is a light unto our path, a light unto our feet. You guide us. Your word eases us from suffering. Your, your word prevents us from sinning. Thy word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. I will sing of your word. I will meditate your word, O Lord. I will hasten to obey your word. I will keep your word. I will remember your word. I will delight in your word. Father, bless each one here. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. And God's people say, Amen. Amen. Let's give a clap offering to the Lord.